Welcome to another episode of Market Overdrive. I am your co-host, Carla Mina, and with me today, wow, is it really you? Can I touch you? Are you real? After 90 days of the longest contract negotiation in history, Carla Mina finally decided to pay me absolutely nothing once again, and I am here. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. It was good. Las Vegas. Well, it wasn't the same Vegas we're used to, but it was Las Vegas. I'm so sorry to hear that it wasn't the same Vegas. Yeah, conventions are never really like that fun, so we got that out of the way. We're done. I'm ready to go back to work. And yeah. here we are back at work. So I was in Miami back. before Las Vegas, though. Yeah, we don't care about that. Okay, well, <laughs> moving on. Let's go on. This is not, like, serious. I was just faking it. I'm okay. not really excited. Cool. She doesn't really care. She really... <laughs> Whoa, hey, we haven't, even, we haven't, we even haven't introduced you. There's a yet. rule here. <laughs> sorry, sorry. There's a rule here. You can't even speak until we introduce you. You just violated rule number one. I have to raise my one. hand? All right, let's get into it. Let's, let's just introduce the person that stepped out of line. Wait, before we go there, though, let's talk about what we're going to bo- talk about today. It's a full house, but we're talking about how to get you to stay in Chicago and not to really locate to the suburbs because we're hearing a flight there should be no such thing but before we start that let's introduce our guest <laughs> coming in all the way from encompass or not encompass, encompass. i'm sorry Jesus we Christ. use encompass and we cut that i'm sorry <laughs> oh, we God. use encompass at work we're loan officers that's what we do we get we get encompass right we got a multiple loan officers in the building we're gonna today. get that coming in from I need compass. To remember that because i told compass. you there was an anti-compass thing no it's not an anti-compass thing i totally love compass i love what they're doing in from compass today our guest is deborah hess can i say that all fancy like a fancy please, clothing designer please. deborah hess hi nick all right how are you today <laughs> good you I'm great, especially now that you're here. You're awesome. So what we like to do is typically let our guests give us a little background and tell us uh, something about yourself and your history and your, I guess, throw your resume out there. Let's hear hear who you are, Deborah. Well, I've been in Chicago real estate for 27 years. Oh! Oh. Started when I was 12. (laughs) And I came to real estate from the human resources field. So I think a lot of those skills, coaching, counseling, all that hand-holding has really been helpful. And um, had my own firm for about 15 years in New Chicago real estate. Then I joined Conlin when they opened up in 2009, and we were just acquired in May by Compass. Oh, cool! Oh. So it's been a, an exciting transition. Now, which office are you at? Because so there's Roscoe quite a, there's Village, there's then. more than one office, obviously. Yeah, I'm so in Roscoe, in Roscoe Village. Roscoe Village. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. A lot of great tools. Learning, you know, spending time learning all of the technology and. All, you will you will soon see all this stuff that is uh, available to help us better serve our clients. Can you guys make one of those fancy glowy signs for my bedroom? <laughs> sure. I just want to. I just want to have one the in my room. Sign. Like, yeah. Sometimes I get afraid the, of the dark the and light, turn the, the for illuminated sale sign on. for sale sign. <laughs> yes. Debbie, can you expand on that, please, so that our audience can know what you are talking about? Yes. What is Nick referring to about these amazing tools that Compass? I like the sign. Brokerage has to offer. So the sign is one of the unique features that we've introduced in Chicago. Uh, it is an illuminated illuminated sign, and when the people drive by the listing, if they've got the Compass app, then it will ping them, and they can get all the information without even asking. So now today's topic is city versus suburbs. Do you focus mostly in the city? Or I do. Or do you have a little bit of reach on the suburbs, or is the cities like really where you, your career is? Okay. Pretty so much. We, pretty much city. It's going to be a good little if, war. If I know we're talking about All the right. flight, and there is some of that, right? But right. we um, we try to do a little bit more digging on the good schools in the city, mm-hmm. and 
offering that, making educating our clients okay. about the options. But when they resist, we'll go where they want to go. Should we bother introducing well, the other person Well, education goes a long way, but obviously you all you work in a team with one of our lenders. So can you tell us a little bit more oh, about hold on. your you guys, guests You guys here. went way off script here, all right? <laughs> we have to script. What happened to the First of all, we are not a scripted show. <laughs> so... Let me kind of back it up a little bit why Deb is well, here why today. Why don't we introduce you first? Yeah, everybody knows who I am. Hey, everybody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is Bronco. <laughs> Are the lights going up? Are they going up right now? Yeah, yeah it's blowing up, Grok. <laughs> so, no, the reason why Deb is here today is um, it's kind of a historical moment. Um, Deb and I did our first real estate transaction literally probably 26-something years ago now. Um, and the reason behind that was... She was the agent that helped my parents buy their first property. And it was a multi-unit in the Smith Park area. Um, When I got into the industry, I've always tried to stay in contact with her, and I've always tried to follow her. Um, She's done really well. Um, And now that she's at Compass, I wanted to showcase that. But I wanted to have her on air with us because she's been around through so many cycles of our real estate market. And more importantly... You were the first realtor that I've ever worked with. And I inspired you. We, we, we put that deal together. You. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. We, ever? I mean, I, I, I think I was like maybe 13, 14 <laughs> around the time. But I would delegate a lot of that stuff when the calls would come in, where my parents were in the process of the mortgage process. And uh, I thought that was very cool. Oh, so you were like the little foreign kid that could read English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're like, kind of like in your household. They're like, they're, right. They're like, they're like, Mijo, read this. Mijo. And you're like, it says it's a lot Fixed. of interest. <laughs> but we didn't, we didn't need him because yeah. I'm bilingual. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh. See, what, you forgot that She's one. She's got a little Argentina on her, bro. Okay. So Argentina. Nicolas is watching our producer, and he's from Argentina, and you got a chance to chat with him a little bit. But more than anything, delightful. that's the reason why I wanted to kind of uh, bring her on air with us to talk a little bit about... Um, that transaction, how my parents were able to become homeowners as first-time buyers. It was amazing, and they were lovely, and and that is kind of how I got started in the business, was working a lot in Smith Park, Ukrainian Village, Humboldt Mm -hmm. Park, um, cold calling, knocking doors in Spanish. I literally opened up the phone books, (laughs) and that's how I called you. I literally, that's how I was able to reach out to your office, and it's crazy how you're here today. So. I love um, the story. So, Debbie, let's take it back to a little bit more about what our cl- our audience mm-hmm. can learn from this um, mm-hmm. sec- segment. But um, so, can you tell us a little <coughs> bit about the the markets? Grago says that he met you a long time ago, and so obviously mm-hmm. you've seen this market go up and down. So, what are your expectations, or what do you see or foresee in the um, Chicago market this year? It's starting off with a bang, and so I think the interest rates going down again. You were just telling me about <coughs> that, and. I think that that's going to continue to inspire people to get to jump in. Um, there's been a lot of sort of ambivalence in the market, and I think that's calming down. Mm-hmm. We've been selling properties with multiple offers um, in record time, so it seems that there is a lot of demand and people are kind of spreading their wings and jumping in again. I think that the market is going to be more normalized, mm-hmm. you know, market times – 30 to 60 days, we're not going to see, you know, the same kind of spike that we did last year. I think like it's five gonna, days of the market, 10 yeah, days of the market. Yeah, I mean, there's some of that. Depending on the area and the product, there's yeah. definitely you can see that. Price. Everything sells Everything fast. Everything sells at the really right good. price, right. exactly. So I think that, um, but I, I sense that in the marketplace, people are 
feeling the courage of jumping back in. And when you speak to someone that's looking to put their property on the market now, mm-hmm. obviously as a 10-year real- realtor who understands the cyclical market, mm-hmm. what are you advising sellers or what is, what is your main focus or main advice that you'd like to give somebody who's uh, about to put their property on the market? Be very conscious of the price. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is definitely, we are, the typical process to do a market analysis is to look 6 to 12 months back. And I'm actually seeing even appraisers looking now at properties that are pending that are contingent and trying to learn what the price was that those sold for and and really kind of discounting six to nine six to twelve months six to twelve months back. So if the average is three fifty from twelve months ago, let's talk about trying to get in under that average. Right. And so, it's a shifting market, right? So you want to look at not just what is happening now in the spring market, but what happened in fourth quarter and more so Last year's first quarter, just because we were anticipating this correction per se or adjustment, oh, right. but I don't think. What do you What do you have to say mm-hmm. about cor- the word correction or adjustment in the marketplace? Oh, I think it's definitely taken place. I think that we, you know, last year this time, property was selling very quickly and prices were appreciating pretty rapidly, and then we saw cooling over the summer, early fall. <clears throat> I think that that's continued, and I believe that we are now seeing properties that are selling quicker again and pe- because people are sensitive to the price and when people price correctly things sell completely agree with that yeah. thank you so much for sharing the sure. information with us and sharing of your time i know you're very busy so thank you for coming out and thank sharing you. your story of how you met Grocco. yes thank you so much Thanks for coming for having out. appreciate me. it it was a pleasure pleasure to have you here um mm. if we wanted to get a hold of you where can we reach you best place is my cell yes 773-865-3327 Again, what is that again? I'm going to write it down just in case I want to call you. 773-865-3327. There you go. Got it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Likewise. See, I saw you making faces, though. What does that mean? Like, you don't believe in the whole, you don't believe in the correction or adjustment thing? I mean, you know, I think when we talk about last year, how there was a little slowdown in the middle of summer, I guess Mm -hmm. that was also when rates spiked up. I think people want to take a pause for a second. Because there was a little panic. Rates took a really big jump in the middle of summer last summer. Okay. So I don't know if that's necessarily because people were losing confidence in in the real estate market or just kind of like a wait and see real quick. Sometimes when something drastically hits like that, there, people pause. But Because if there was going to be a slowdown, the slowdown would have continued. And then it picked right back up, you know, towards the back of the summer going into fall last year. But do you agree now that there's <clears> a lot <throat> of activity going on, but there's still that... Pricing is key, and properties need to be. I think correctly. you know, and I love pricing's asking a always lender been key though because like real estate because pricing's always been key though because I was buying properties in 09 and 2010, which was the absolute worst time to technically, generally speaking, buy a property, right? Um, and I think that there's a good deal in every market. So if the price is right, it's going to sell in any market, whether you have a slow market or a booming market. If the price is right. Those usually get everyone's attention. Rest assured, even when, the, even when there was a real estate crash back in 2008, there was still people scouring the MLS looking for a great deal. Even back then. Well, T, I love how mm. you, but you take advantage of low markets so that you can buy properties and, and hold on to investment properties. So we're talking <clears> about <throat> the general market or general audience yeah, who's going to be buying properties or selling properties. If I'm speaking as a homeowner looking to buy a place, my first place, or just any place for me to move my family... I have a different mindset from being an investor. As, right. a, as a homeowner, I think that rates going up a half a point or a quarter point or, you know, 
trying to time the perfect time to buy, that's dangerous. I think you're really pinching pennies, but losing focus of the real bucks to do all of that. I think right now you should just, you know, if you if you want to move into something, you feel confident about it, you might want to do it sooner than later because rates will go up. Prices might go up eventually. Real estate will be higher priced 10 years from now. Well, Period. I'm asking you all the real estate questions versus <clears throat> you asking me all the real estate questions right. because we're changing role repertoires here. Right. Why don't I just go ahead and ask lender questions to our other loan officer in the studio. <laughs> Hi, Joel. How are you? Okay, I like the energy that's back here, oh, right? Okay. This, this whole episode is about keeping people <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah, can we keep Nick in Chicago? That could be one of the themes of the you episode today. Negotiating my contract, man. <laughs> uh, $330 million for 13 years. No, I'm not Bryce Harper. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's good to see this energy again, and I like the theme for today. We're all about giving back on the show, and one of the things that we're going to do here today is speak to a husband and wife team and that's why i'm so excited that we have a new perspective so let's jump right into it let's introduce your guest before we get started now we're really going to get into that whole chicago versus suburbs conversation huh Absolutely. You so some yeah. to my left, I have a great couple from at properties. I have Ben and Juliana Yeager. Introduce yourself, please. Benjamin Yeager yeah. at properties. <laughs> Hi, Juliana Yeager at properties. Do you have anything to say about at properties, Nick? No, good, good company. You're not going to talk of, like you're making fun of. It's a great company. It's been around <laughs> forever. I mean, well, not forever. 2001, 2000. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. Exploded in the early 2000s and got even larger. Post 2010, I mean, it's it's a great company. See, that's yeah. why I love him because he knows all the history. I mean, it's my You've job been to know there everybody's doing a lot history. Of research about real estate offices, Nick. <laughs> that's good. So <laughs> they have number Welcome one. We show. have the number one <clears throat> market so share. So, it's so good. can you tell us a little bit about your business and where do you service your clients? What area? Yes. So I've been in business for 15 years, and Benjamin came on board with me 10 years ago. So we've been working together for a long time. And we predominantly service our clients in the city, um, most likely on the north side. Our niche, if you will, are growing families. So we, our number one question is, do we stay or do we go, city or suburbs? And this is what we're answering from our clients all the time, every day. That's what we're talking about. And we currently reside in Lakeview right now. Um, we send our kids to a CPS school, Hamilton, which is great. I love Hamilton. Yes. Yeah. We actually... Uh, we moved to complete two blocks from our place <laughs> that we stayed 10 years to the last Must been rough. Must have been rough. And uh, Hamilton Wait, was what was the bordering close. school? What's that? What was the bordering school? Um, what do you mean? We what? stayed in Hamilton to Hamilton. Yeah. We didn't, oh, okay, we so didn't so move was, out of yeah, the district. Like, was there really a school boundary difference there as to why you moved? <laughs> well, not really, but uh, they actually almost closed Hamilton. Oh, and wow. when we first moved into the neighborhood and then it slowly progressed, uh, the principal at the time was amazing and really kind of brought it up to that stature. And that's what we want to kind of talk about to yeah. all of our clients because we feel like they need to know, you know, is school district Pacific in the city? And we can offer a lot, especially sending our kids. And we also send our kids to like preschool at the Catholic school. So we have a lot of information. Yeah, both public and private. And I think the number one thing people do when they get pregnant is they get scared. They go, what do we do now and how do we navigate this? I always do that. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I get pregnant, I get yeah. scared. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> it's true. So are we doing like a tug of war here between the city do and it. the suburbs? Yes. All right, because I'm going to be like the bipolar arguer here. I have a place in both. Great at the bipolar thing. I, like, I live literally around the corner. He does have two places. And I, and I also live in Oak Brook, so it's like... Yeah. 
This will okay. be fun for me. So who but wants you, to start? Which side do I? Guy. I want to take the opposite side of everybody else. Well, you take the side of the, the single, suburb. like non child, oh. have like you don't have family, so you're. You, it's cool okay, for you to have to play. Fair. Don't rub it in. But they're talk, You're talking about families staying in Chicago. Right. Even about well, the, okay. So let's go back. The reason why people like to move or prefer to move is because our property taxes are high, especially in those areas that you mentioned, anywhere between Lakeview, Lincoln Park. Um, if we're talking about you know some of the really good schools, where what Nettlehurst, Blaine, mm-hmm. uh, Audubon, Burley, um, Bell. Bell. So Burley. these are particularly Hamilton. in very high property tax areas, right? Yeah. And so people decide to move to the burbs because they're like, well. Um, we don't want to pay that much in property taxes. And then there's a whole issue with CPS, Chicago Public Schools, and our mm-hmm. teachers and the budgets. So then they're like, okay, we're going to have to go fix the school, make the school, and fundraise for the school. Some cases, 60000 100000 So why do that? Why not move to the burbs when you don't have to do all that? So what do you say to people who are in that predicament? Well, to go on your tax point, so Cook County is enormous. Mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of people forget is the taxes are relatively the same. However, you get more land when you go to the suburbs. So that's kind of the big differentiator. You might be paying the equal taxes, but you get a little bit more land. And I think people forget when they go out, you've got to really go to get a newer house, maybe that doesn't need as much updating or something like that. Sometimes it's affordability and taxes. But when they really start looking, because I think the number one re- draw to stay is commute. A lot of uh, dual, both parents are working now and they don't want to have long commutes. So they want to go into neighboring suburbs, maybe Oak Park or Wilmette or Winnetka. That's not as far of a drive or a train commute. But then when they get there, they realize they're going to have to do a total fixer-upper, have same high taxes, but you get maybe a, a double yard or something like that. Mm. Well, when we talk about what well, Nick and those particular... Can I rewind and go to the school thing, though? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Like it, it, you keep saying it as if... And I'm I'm partial, impartial to either or, but you keep saying as if like, there's only good schools in Chicago. No. <laughs> no, like that's the not true. Say Chicago, that. I think so you know, and actually, that's what I'm I was like, going to say. Some of the, yeah, it's amazing public schools in, in like, you're talking like oh, Hinsdale Central yeah. and like, the Glenbards and Lyons Township. Absolutely. These are like top 15 so public can, schools can in the I state. Can I say something? I was actually going to say to your point about when <clears> I go, right? When you're in those schools, when, once you're in those areas, you're looking at private schools. Like, yeah, no, one's, no one's going public school <clears> in those areas. But to your point, that's exactly what people are looking at. There's schools that are public. Yeah, there's still amazing elementary and high school. Like, I come from a very small town, and the first thing I do is always kind of, you know, when I was coming into the city, looking up the school rankings, trying to familiarize myself mm-hmm. with that. And I, I realized that even coming from a small town, we were not ranked that well. <laughs> but then when I started looking at the rankings within the Chicago area, especially with Hamilton and the surrounding schools, I mean, we have great schools down here. And I think that, you know, our business, we do a lot of families and um, people coming into the area and who just want to have questions regarding that school or parks. Because if you go out to the suburbs, you don't see people out at the parks that often. But I have three neighboring parks within my area where my my land may be just a little uh 25 by, by 25. That's but, why you're at the park, though, but... Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm meeting but that's people here saying hello. Having so a yeah. sense of community. In the suburb, everyone has a park but yeah. in their backyard. But why do you live in the city, then, if you keep advocating for the... I mean, I'm I'm not biased at all, but... Yeah. I, think, I think, for me, the most... I mean, I hear the school argument to some degree, but I think that people oftentimes see two children at a certain age, and they want to give them space. Yeah. And I think that's a big driver. Like, they want... Maybe they're not going to get an acre of land... But at least somewhere where they could put a swing set and like have their own private backyard and they can run around and that's the most common thing I hear. I mean, 
let's just assume that we're talking about you can afford to be in good school. There's a good school district in the city, and you can afford to be in a good school district in the public school systems mm-hmm. in the yeah. suburbs. Then it turns into, well, why do you want to move out? Well, you know, think, well, then that's the one that kind of keeps coming up. And I mean, I think there again too, like when you go out to the suburbs, it's not cheap to get a single family home. I think everybody just thinks they're going to get this huge yard, and you can if you go far west or far mm-hmm. north. You're not going up to even Evanston and getting a nicer house that has central air or um, whether or not you go to Hinsdale. I mean, Hinsdale, you have to have a million dollars. And granted, At least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, what about you, Joel? Where do you live? What do you advocate for? We're right down the street from each other, so <laughs> we're in Lakeview. Oh, yeah, that's or, right. Yeah. You just moved back, right? Yeah, Wolf of Grace Street. <laughs> uh, find me online at Wolf of Grace Street. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you did not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no you did not. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> I haven't I love done it yet. It. I, I love it. Done that's it yet. great. But we talked about this last week. We, we were did. talking, and I kind of called out Oak Park, and I was talking about this, and the taxes aren't cheaper. Everyone discusses Chicago as being such a tax-heavy place. Mm -hmm. When you look at a lot of the properties that are in the surrounding suburbs, they are not cheaper. They truly aren't. Yeah, Oak Park's still Cook County, though. Oh, yeah, you're seeing this. Yeah, you're getting all of the taxes of the city, and uh, it's considerably higher, okay? So... There's some places that here in the city I think do provide a value for families, and that's why I like this back and forth. I like knowing that you can actually live in the city, find a place for your kids, and not have a crazy, crazy tax bill. Right, and I think that a lot of people, it's the schools that they hear all this negative media on CPS. But if you think about it, negative media gets more clicks, gets more likes, gets more attention, but they don't often share the good things that are happening cps is very big though and i think Mm -hmm. the negative media comes from certain areas that are still developing Mm -hmm. Um, and you know there's in every metropolitan there's uh, uh, different levels of uh, quality of life you know things are pricier when you go over here things are cheaper when you go over here the schools might be suffering with less tax contribution in that area uh, in certain areas and nicer neighborhoods are going to have better schools because got more contribution yeah, I think we're going to all advocate to these specific areas that we specialize in, right? So as yeah. professionals, we do have a niche wherever we specialize in. But um, to your point, I, I love the fact that you talked about lifestyle, right? It's, mm-hmm. It depends on what people like. Like you said, you're okay with going to the park. There's pet parks around here. There's you know there's so many activities for the children to go to. I mean, if you're a new family, uh, what are the, some of the amenities that the city offers that you, that you really enjoy about Chicago? Um, I think Shield Park. I mean, now and again, the Park District. Park District. Um, Shield Park is the one that we've sent our kids to, whether it be pre-K schools, um, fun in the wintertime area. It's, it's just a lot of activities that are really underutilized that people, our clients, don't even know. So there's Park District classes you can sign your kids up for that are really reasonable. Meet other parents, people like yourselves, get together, have a sense of community with that. But also, one thing I really like. Being in the city is that on the drop of a hat, we can go to a concert at Park West. I sure. took my daughter to see Grace Vanderwall uh, on a whim. It was her first concert. So you can literally drive to 20 minutes, in 10 minutes, hop in an yeah. Uber, yeah. yeah, go down to United Center, mm-hmm. concerts, things like that that are really out your door. So it's, that's really nice. But the same thing. It's going back to what people's needs are. And, I, I mean, I see it, a lot of it's commute based yeah. right. but I'm going to go to suburb advocating again yeah but you're in the west loop talk about my that. apartment is right around the corner here in Streeterville <laughs> oh, sorry Streeterville mm-hmm. Streeterville Streeterville, <laughs> Streeterville. Um, my suburb house is in Oak Brook okay alright 
So the one thing, though, outside of if you're going dollar for dollar, like, you know, let's say $700,000 home versus $700,000 home, um, you could obviously get more square, square footage in the suburbs, regardless of where it is, for the most part. But those assessment fees, if you're getting a $700,000 condo in a decent part of town in Chicago, most of Chicago living is condo living, mm-hmm. right? And most of suburban living is not condo living. Right. Um, and so, in fact, condos are like next to really, they're next to free in the suburbs. They're, they're never over $200,000. <laughs> <laughs> so when you do the math on a $700,000 property um, in the city, you have, we can argue taxes depending on what suburb we're going to, DuPage County or Cook County. Mm-hmm. Big difference here. Right. So I like Oak Brook. Um, but that $1,000 assessment fee is another $200,000 on mortgage. Right. In the suburbs. But I think that's, that that's, that's a different a huge buyer di- who's yeah. buying into a $700,000 city condo downtown. That's probably somebody that maybe kids are farther on the horizon or they're not necessarily thinking about the city schools. Because mm-hmm. they have great townhouses, 2,000, 2,400 square feet. And those assessments in those, usually they're see- fee simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, 89 to maybe 225. So, that's doable. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and and duplex downs, duplex ups. These are yeah. really popular choices that are you know two hundred dollar assessments. But you can get a four bedroom, twenty five hundred square feet. See what happens when you speak from a single guy's perspective. Yeah, I would be in a condo. <laughs> Let's not keep you in a condo. Let's get you in a house. I have a house. What are you seeing as far as uh, the loans that you're underwriting, um, Joel? Are you seeing a lot of people buying mostly condos then in the city versus uh, single families? Well, we have seen a lot of the cranes that are up in the air right now. And what are the things that are being built the most? It's mostly apartments. We are finally getting back in and seeing these condo developments. We had a guest in here before that we did a large condo unit over at 9 Walton. So you're seeing those higher-end condos coming on board. And the people that want to live in the city are really okay with those assessments. They're okay with finding a place that isn't going to be a 15, 20-year property. They might be doing it for five or 10 years. So the, the, there's pros and cons to the single family versus condo lifestyle. And in the city of Chicago, we're seeing so much condo. And that's another question, though. Like, if you're looking at the more transient uh, type of product, like a condo, right? I think that for the most part, if you're not buying a 1600 Four foot condo or larger, then you're looking to stay there for a short period of time unless mm-hmm. your familial status changes and you become married and you have children or what have you. So the condo is always like the entry point. What do you advise our audience as far as buying a condo? Like what is the exit strategy if you are supposed to, if you have to stay with the condo because of finances or lifestyle? I always say make sure that in five years you can still be comfortable. And if you're expecting a, a little one or, you know, you, you don't want a little one, is it going to be enough square footage so that you move in and you don't instantly feel like you have to purge your stuff? And we think that right now, because there are so many rentals going on, it's going to be more multi-units where families are going to say, hey, I'm going to live on the top floor, but I'm going to rent out the first floor. And we think that's going to be the new wave because people mm-hmm. are still going to have that investment aspect. But at the same time, in the future, if they want to, they can converted to single family home and you are seeing that multi-unit trend carry on with families as well versus just single individuals it's a great opportunity for people that are renting right now that think maybe they can't afford the city but they don't they don't want to leave it you can buy it and joel can attest to this for as little as three and a half percent down in a multi-unit if you're if it's your primary residence so you live in make one an owner's unit 
and lease out the rest and let them help you pay your mortgage. It's building wealth and instant equity. It's a, a really great I, I option. Like that idea, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you, that's a great point. So say you're looking into, um, I don't know, a $600,000 home, right, in North Center. Mm-hmm. Or let's put you in maybe north of North Center, and now you are in the Audubon School District. So just <laughs> further north, um, $600,000 single family, okay, entry point. Um, you got your brick, gray stone, uh, gray stone, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, instead thing. of buying that gray stone, can you buy a two flat for the same budget? Maybe go up seven hundred. What is the price? What is the monthly carrying cost difference with something like that? Six hundred versus seven hundred. Six hundred single family versus seven hundred thousand two flat. I'll speak to the mortgage side of this because a lot of times people are coming through and they're approved, Nick knows this, at a certain dollar amount for a condo. Mm-hmm. And they think, how could I ever go buy a six hundred or $700,000 place? You're allowed to use the rental income from the other units. So I've taken people that literally are just school teachers on a modest income. We're not talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. They might make 60 or 70 grand. And when they're buying a condo, they're maxed out at about 250000 they can easily get into the five and $600,000 range because of the income on the other units. It opens up the doors for home ownership, and people like it as an investment. Just remember, you get 75% of that income. You don't get dollar for dollar. So if you're shopping, don't look at the $1,500 rent and assume you get all $1,500 credit. You get, what is that, $1,200 as the mm-hmm. credit? So it works. But it's great. These properties are easily rentable, paint. You don't have to be fixing them up a ton, fix up your unit they're going to live in. And then they can lease out. Rent is going up so much that you can get a great renter in there for a good amount. Well, I love that you say that, Juliana, because we're speaking to the affordability of these Mm -hmm. neighborhoods, right? In some cases, when you're talking and when you're shopping for school boundaries, per se, it is really hard and heartbreaking because a lot of people can't afford those nicer (coughs) schools, right? Um, So in the past, people used to buy condos, like one bedroom Mm -hmm. condo, just so they can send their kids to that specific school. And it's ridiculous because at some point they're like, okay, I don't need this condo or I need to move because the school wasn't really what I thought it would be. And my child doesn't really excel in this environment because every school has a different style um but i love the aspect of adding the whole multi-unit investment to the affordability aspect of it Mm -hmm. so people can really see how they can compare with you know and then the six hundred thousand and seven hundred thousand dollar budget may seem overwhelming for some families but i love the fact that you take into consideration the rental income and it makes it more affordable and we have guests on today that literally know this stuff in and out and this is the reason why having people that have the experience and the years of doing it can show you multiple types of properties and not just a condo agent or just a single family agent. This is a dynamic duo over here. We're happy to have you guys on board. Thank you. Yeah. We just finished up a four-year renovation of our own home. So. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. So four we, years. We Well, because sometimes you can't, do it, all, you can't child, do it all beat, once. Man. If you can get, make it through a renovation, you can make it through yeah. anything. Exactly. As they say. Wait, they work together and they're renovating a house together with kids, too? Three. Yes, we have three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. We're going yeah. to have another segment with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, we could go on and stay together. Well, thank you for being on. Thank Pleasure you. to have the, the, Jaeger, the Jaeger group in the building. Jaeger bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are we up to next? <laughs> Maybe you should ask them where we can get a hold of them. Since oh, that's so your job. Yes. That's your job. Please. <laughs> yes, you can reach us on our cells, 773-606-1966. Um, and then we're all over our social media, Jaeger team, at Jaeger team, at Jaeger team real estate, or JaegerTeam.com. Yes. yes. Jaeger bombs. You see a lot more 
pictures of our kids and us. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So we cute. sprinkle I it in. I love it. Yeah. Pleasure to meet you guys. Yeah, and I also have a blog, Raising Kids in Chicago. Oh, so if you ever want to check it out, it is not real estate based. It's just for navigating. Maybe, maybe Carla should read it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe sure Carla needs it. I'll make sure Nick signs up to it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank guys. you Joel, so much. It was a pleasure to hang out with you. What are you doing this weekend? Anything fun? We're going to Colorado before we head out to the Bahamas. So we're just doing a little yes. bit of vacation. Uh, you work hard. You play harder. Uh, what a good segment. I'm so happy that we had these guests Thank on you today. For us. It was really great. As always, you can find me on social media, Cubs Fan Mortgage Man, uh, on Facebook and Instagram. So thank you again, Carla. Of course. Love having you here. Thanks for coming, man. See, thank I love you. how thank you have you. the conversation about the city versus verbs, but you're in both. So I don't understand. I just want to pick a fight with whichever side we're going to go. It's going to be annoying, so everyone yeah, can get you know, a taste of what There's got to be. Meet. Well, the whole thing is about being subjective. So I'll take whatever side. Subjective everyone else wants objective, objective subjective, <laughs> whatever. I'll take whatever side everyone wants to jump on. I'll go the opposite way. You're That's so totally annoying. fine with me because I have experience living in both, though, and I see the the highs and the lows of both of them. I mean, there's things I absolutely love about the city that I hate about the suburbs, and I'm a city and girl. vice versa. There's I, things about the suburbs, like personally, the winter comes. I prefer the suburbs. Everybody argues that now I'm in the suburbs, but I really like the trees, the birds. Kids get to walk to school, so it's a different lifestyle overall. Um, I do enjoy where you're. Where, are you going to have a party at your place? Are we going to have like a which party? place? Your your city place. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, everybody's invited except for Carla. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of everybody, we have a new guest. So do you want to go ahead and introduce Krakow, your guest today? <laughs> do it, well, Krak- they're not my guest, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are all our guests. I'm teasing. Uh, well, I'm going to actually have these guys introduce themselves because they are recognized in our industry. They also are another mortgage lender. And uh, we were talking in the corner and I was listening in on, they were chiming in about the uh, structure of the two unit and their take on making sure that that individual is able to uh, afford that payment on their own without the rent roll. So that was very interesting. But please introduce yourselves, guys, and tell us a little bit about your company. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having us. My name is Luis Treto with Guaranteed Financial. We're based in Berwyn. Um, we do a lot of business in Berwyn, surrounding areas. Started in Berwyn. <laughs> you started in Berwyn? Back in 1995, nice. Berwyn, nice. right on Sir Road. He's got a tattoo that says Berwyn. Oh, does he? Yeah. Berwyn, love. So, so does Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I have one too. Yeah, he does have so, one. Um, I brought uh, John. He's the founder of the company I work with, Guaranteed Financial. And uh, small you know, story about John. He opened up the company when he was 21 years old. So he was one of the and you're pioneers. Now, now he's 22. I'm 24 <laughs> and a half. And a half. Well, welcome. Okay. Yeah, well, Thank do you. share your story. Tell us so, a little bit more about that. Sure. Uh, I started in the mortgage industry as a teenager. Been doing it f- since then. So I've been in this industry now for probably going on 20 years. So I've seen the ups and downs. I mean, we've been through a lot. Started working like just at a small mortgage company in the city. Uh, decided that it was probably more beneficial for us to open up our own office. And so we did that and been in Berwyn since 2004. 2004, yeah. Um, so that's a little bit about us. You know, the topic that you guys were talking about, I thought, was was perfect for us. I have two boys, and our family rerouted ourselves from Berwyn to the city. So we kind of did it the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And so, I moved from the city to and, Berwyn. Right. So. You, guys, you guys swap <laughs> houses or something? Or we basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because well, we, saw we moved into the same neighborhood. Yeah, basically. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so um, I raised our boys in the uh, suburbs sort of the opposite way. We wanted to raise them in the suburbs. And then once they started getting a little older, we thought, what are we going to do for high school, right? So 
something that we didn't talk about in terms of public schools, in terms of the city public schools, they're ranked one, two, three, four, and five in the state. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't know about the selective CPS high schools. I mean, they're, they're constantly being ranked number one, number two, number three. And this is above suburban schools. So to your point about like public schools in the, in the uh, city versus the suburbs, um, a lot of people don't know that, that we do have great suburb or city high schools. Now, we didn't go that route. We, we go private school. And so there is something for everyone. Um, we decided that we wanted to bring our boys into the city to get them a little more culture and, and have maybe some different socioeconomic exposure. And it's worked out great. Um, uh, let me speak to that point that you mentioned. Yeah. I think that's a great point, though, Nick, because we did talk about elementary schools, but we didn't get to that higher school level. Like once you get to high school, right, people start looking into the because it's totally where the child gets accepted. At that point, it's all skill-based. So it's overwhelming for some families to have to look into that because they're spending, again, a lot of money in these individual or these neighborhoods um, because of (coughs) elementary schools. And then once you get to the high school level, it's all application. It's all skill-based. And then otherwise, you're spending spending money at Loyola, per se, right, or Notre Dame. Um, so I love the fact that you mentioned that because if you go to some of our surrounding neighborhoods like Park Ridge, we have Main South, Main North, and these are good schools, high schools once you get to that level. What someone, someone, have- someone once said to me, half of the best high schools in, um, in Illinois are in Chicago. I said, so where's the other half? I mean, don't get me wrong. Being number one through five means something. Right. But it doesn't mean your kid's going to grow up less educated at 6th, 7th, or 8th best high school in the state is what I'm trying to get at. I, well, I think that competitive, right? It's competitive. You want to be number one, you're going go to go to whatever that school district might be. it what the child right. wants to study and where they want to go, what, you know, where they want to go to college eventually. So I think that we do a great job at selecting our schools. But it's good to know that because that's kind of like the conversation that families have when they're looking to buy property and they don't know if they should stay in the city or stay or move to the burbs. Mm-hmm. All right, let's stop with the personal. All right. I want to know a little bit more about your company yeah. and why you guys are reckon to be work, uh, working with you guys. So yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we're we're a company in Berwyn. We've been fully operational. We we're, we're on the broker side of of the fence. Uh, I've done the retail side of the mortgage business, and uh, the broker side is, is is a little bit more attractive to me. Um, we do and master a lot of renovation loans in Berwyn, and that's one of the things that we're doing with a lot of our clients is that pushing them to kind of move outside the, bo- the boundary of a conventional loan, FHA loan, and exploring a little bit more options for, for everybody out there. So John does a lot of renovations loans and new construction loans in, in Berwyn as well. So, yeah, I have another company that builds in Berwyn, and, and we've been primarily building in Berwyn. We've built in the city as well. I built my own home in the city. This is how I actually did it. So um, using tools that is avail- that are available to, to every homeowner, not just like someone who owns a mortgage company. I mean, Anyone can get a renovation loan. Anyone can get a construction loan. And that's another point that I think gets missed a lot in that there are so many programs out there for someone who may want, like we were talking about the renovation, or uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the multi-unit thing, right? So you can buy a multi-unit, rent it out, and get, get the rentals. But how can you afford a house that's out of your budget? Well, you can find a house that needs a lot of work. We've all seen the HDTV shows. Mm-hmm. We've all seen, you know. They're becoming annoying, to be honest with you. <laughs> to be honest, they are, because I think yeah. it, it, it sort of paints the picture a little too easy for, mm-hmm. for homeowners. They see it on TV, and they think they can do it. Yeah. We've tried to educate the clients. So one of our specialties is renovation loans and construction. And given that um, I've done it myself personally, uh, as well as uh, we have a lot of experience in construction because we build in Berwyn as well, 
uh, we try to educate the client as best we can on how they can on how they can do that. And well, to those that are watching HGTV, no, you cannot buy a million dollar property being a barista and a dog walker. <laughs> That's what you, what you see on HGTV. It's like, oh, I'm a barista, right. I'm a dog walker. We're looking at one point two. Of course you are. Wait, you just said <laughs> that you can buy a multi unit. It basically pays itself. Started buying single family homes property. in Orange County over there. Not, <laughs> it don't matter. HGTV is just a whole. Can, other. can you touch a little on? bit about those programs? Yeah. I want to hear about how you were able to build your home in the city and what that program was like, sure. what the requirements were for the down payment, what type of collateral, if anything, you had to put up. Yeah. Touch on that. So I happened to have bought a property that was already existing. So I, I went through a renovation loan where you buy a property, tear it down to the foundation and build it back up. Um, you know, I kind of knew that foundation was going to be an issue. So when we got to the foundation, there is a contingency reserve that's put into these loans uh, purposely so that if there's a surprise that comes up, you, you can cover that surprise. We knew that the foundation was going to be a surprise. We ended up tearing out the foundation and building just from scratch. And so we were able to do it through the proper channels, through every, everything was, was, um, was done correct, through a renovation loan. Now, if you're buying just land, you have to buy the land cash or somehow have the land already. Uh, but then we would do a construction loan where you're drawing against a... Uh, uh, escrow account that we set up and then close at the end when you're finished building the property. Uh, I see mo- mainly renovation loans. It's a lot easier for people if the property already exists. Yeah. Well, that's something different, right? Because we're always hearing people talk about these renovation loans where you're just rehabbing the inside of the property. Mm-hmm. Right. Earlier today, we talked with Joel where he was talking about buying a multi-unit so that you can use some of the income and affords you in a neighborhood that you may not necessarily afford. Sure. But now this other option that you're giving, I think it's awesome. Um, and so you're saying that basically someone can buy a property and use a renovation loan to build from scratch or just from foundation? From as long as you keep the foundation is what I'm hearing. Yeah, as long as you keep the foundation. Um, the way it works is we're giving you money based on the projection of what the house is going to be. So you tell us what that house is going to be, what you're going to do to it. You want to add an addition. You want to build a, a second story or whatever you want to do. And we will project out the value of that new property that you're building. Once we have that value, we will lend you up to 110% of that value. So that means if you're trying to build a property that's going to cost you 400000 we can actually lend you 440000 on certain programs. Most of the time, people are doing it because there's leverage. So you're doing it because you can't afford a $700,000 house, but you can afford a $400,000 house, right, and put $200,000 into it. You're all in for six hundred. But that house on the market is 700000 So I always tell people, it's like you're cutting out the investor. You're cutting out that middleman. And sure, it's going to be a headache. And we just heard the last uh, set of guests, four-year renovation. I mean, that, that's, it's, it's, Building it's a, a house process. Building a house is no joke. No, yeah. it's Even not. if you have a builder, yeah. it's still no joke. Oh, yeah. It's a lot yeah, of There's a lot of moving p- pieces yeah. to that. So. Yeah. so as a lender, how are you able to make sure that it stays within a timeline? And that, you know, it, how long, what is the length of time that you're allowed sure. to do this project? So you have six months to do the project. During that six months, we're constantly checking in on the project. So our job as a lender doesn't end when it closes. We, we continue uh, monitoring the, 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 uh, the project. You're drawing against an escrow. And if you run into a problem, which a lot of projects do, where you're not going to finish it in six months, you ask for an extension. And usually um, we'll allow those extensions for, for reasonable uh, issues that, that come up. So you're going to start hearing a lot, I think, already in the industry, we're hearing a lot about renovation loans. This might not have been the first time you've heard about them. We've been doing renovation loans for probably about 12 years. 
So we've been doing them for a very, very long time. And I just, I, I, we were kind of quiet about it because it is a complicated program. And what I tend to see in the market is as soon as something sounds really attractive, people start selling it. It happened during the crash. It happened with subprime loans. If it's easy to do, people start pushing it and then people get misinformation about it. And so um, now our, our job is to educate everyone in our industry and, and homeowners on, on how to do them right. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's a good conversation to have. I mean, you want to advocate for these type of products, sure. especially when you be, you're so niche and this is what you right. you, you focus on. Luis, how many of these deals do you do or you put together on an average? Well, John, he, he does a little bit more than I do. Um, I do about three, three to four um, a year. But my approach is pretty much the education part of it. So pretty much I lay everything out, let the clients know what they're getting themselves into, the, the possible headaches that come with a renovation loan, and... So putting, what are those headaches? Well, those headaches, uh, I've seen contractors take the Probably bid the biggest, for... The biggest headache is contractors. Exactly. Take, yeah, take a bid just for the sake of taking a bid or whatever the case is. But then they leave the client uh, with an unfinished house. Um, you're talking about the client has no clue with, with renovation. So we have to then uh, get somebody else in there, even though we closed it, get somebody else in there and, and, and make sure that we're still within the budget that we agreed on at the beginning. So, so the, the biggest thing is, is, is finding a, a contractor that's going to be able to do the work from beginning to end and is very familiar with the renovation portion of, of these type of loans. What is your opinion on those renovation loans, Nick? Um, it's definitely something that if you're in a mortgage, I mean, I've been doing mortgages for 24 years, and it's something that if you're into them, um, you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing them if you don't really have experience doing them. I personally don't do them. Um, right. It's just not what I do. I focus on other areas of mortgages, and I think that if you're gonna go do one, you should probably interview the loan officer and see how much experience they have at doing these things. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I know my way around a ten oh three in an application, but if you ask me to get into that world, Luis here would kick my butt at doing one for <laughs> sure. So I mean, and I'm proud to admit that you know it's what it is. It is what it is. So my advice is just make sure. You really do your due diligence, not only on your contractor, but also your loan officer, because these loans can get quirky, difficult, and when you have a complicated contractor situation going on, a good loan officer might be at least to help you navigate through it. Um, that's my opinion. Well, I love that you guys specialize in that, John, but um, so I always tell people that it's not just about the loan officer as well as it is for the buyer, the end user. Mm -hmm. What are they, What is the comfort level? Are they going to be comfortable doing and, and just managing all this workload? Because typically you buy a property, you move in, and that's it. I mean, most families or people or buyers are very busy these days, and they just want to move in, and that's it. Buy furniture, exactly. and then be done. But this is an ongoing project, and it can yeah. potentially be more than three to six months, one Absolutely. year, two years. Well, oh, I'm sorry, but to cut you off, but one of the things that I, m I forgot to mention earlier, to me, a lot of the clients that I've done renovation loans for, um, it's kind of an interview process for them, too, because if I feel that the client is not in a position to take on a renovation loan, I don't recommend it. Right. So so that's one of our doing our due diligence prior to, you know, jumping in. Yeah, and, and that goes back on the education component where we dispel some of those myths that you might have seen on TV that... This is a 30-minute show, and in 30 minutes, you know, you they build, build a, a house, house. Yeah. and it takes time. Who especially doesn't? <laughs> Come on, man. Isn't that the norm, right? And, Come on, and man. The thing is, you got to remember our city and, and, and Illinois in general, we have harsh winters. So people don't put that into, into account, and they don't consider that you're not going to be laying foundation and doing stuff 
on the exterior of a home in, in the winter. Except if you're Grocco and you're doing a flip, and how long did it take you to do that project? Pretty badass, 84 days. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I'm it's impressed. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was that full gut down to the stud, bro. Pretty I didn't winter, do the foundation yeah. port, but we're getting, we got it done in 84 days. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> that's actually really good. Give him credit yeah, for that's, that's that. Nice. That's amazing. I didn't say, I said I'm he impressed. He actually Whatever. was. He was pretty impressed. I said I'm yeah. impressed. I mean, how do you <laughs> say I'm impressed other than I'm impressed? Yeah. Like, why don't you give him credit? What did I say? You had to say it in Spanish. That's awesome. Yeah, so, so how can we get a hold of you guys? <laughs> yeah. Because um, we got to wrap up here. Tell absolutely. us how we can get a hold of you guys. If, if you guys are interested or want to know more about our company, um, call us at 708-749-2200. Anybody from the company will help you out. Uh, again, my name is Lewis. And I'm John Ortega. And we're at uh, Berwyn, 6231 West Roosevelt. Cool. Love Appreciate it. it, Lots guys. of information. Great neighborhood coverage. I think today we pretty much talked about it. Every neighborhood in the city of Chicago, including your burbs. You, like, hit one suburb. I'm like, we're going to have to do a part two to this episode. You feel left Nick out? Nick demands fairness to the suburbs. We've been, we, we mentioned Oak Brook and Berwyn. And that's it. And that's it. Cicero. You guys covered every zip code in Chicago, for the love of God. Every area. 606 days. 606 days. 606 days. You know, days. still here. We got 195 schools in Chicago. We got only two schools in the suburbs, and they're not very good. I mean, you guys just a bunch of... <laughs> Fair weather, bias, son of a biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> swear to God. All right, that's it. We got to wrap this bad boy up. It. I, it's never, over. The party's over. It's way past the forty-five minute mark. <laughs> Everyone wants to go home. And they can't sit here and stare at you all day long. So, if you want to watch this show again, go to any one of our social media channels. You can catch us on our Market Overdrive channel on YouTube. Of course, you can go to our website, marketoverdrive.com. It'll be cataloged there as well. Go to Facebook, where you're watching it live, probably, as we speak. You can watch it there. Look out for some snippets, some of the good stuff, some of the funny stuff, and some of the bad stuff that we'll be delivering over the next few days after this show. And last but not least, we'll be back next Thursday. We're off. not? We're off? Oh, oh God, I'm off already. <laughs> <laughs> we won't be back next Thursday. We'll be back the following Thursday. Unless my contract gets re- reissued, I'll be signing off till God knows when. You're fired. <laughs> Take care. Can you cut him, please? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you, awesome. You're so rusty. And we're clear. Yeah. <laughs> you thank talk you like yeah, awesome, a speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, thank you. Why don't we do a picture really fast? I'm going to do it with Georgia. What happened? Yeah, yeah, I was just on. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Okay, vamos pues. Can we, Sarah and Georgia, can we do this really fast? Let me, you guys, there for five minutes. I gotta do this really quick. Mark it over there. Get off. Oh, I spent y'all. Have you two met? You and yes. Mehmeti, I have to go. Come on. I'm washing off, dude. Nobody cares about your Facebook. Leave it on. All over my window. No, for a mom from Espanol, yeah. Hey, Grogs, can we do that outside, please? I'll be right with you guys in two minutes. Hey, Grox, let me try that. Might as well, he's gone. Please speak Spanish.
Muy bien. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Super. Afortunadamente. So I'll just so ask you, like, you know, the, the questions that we went over. Ask, ask me. What, tell me a little bit more about Pilsen, right? Sí. Uh, uh, what do you think about home ownership? Whatever. Can I fix my boobs? Are people watching? Make these no. babies pop. Well, the <laughs> camera is recording. <laughs> oh, yeah. are they really? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Alma, it gets really weird in this room. Mm -hmm. Oh, is that me? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> like, look at. How are you going to sit straight? Like you're going to sit straight. No, I'm going to sit straight. I just. Thank right. you so switch. much for bailing me out. No, no, dije no. I can't. I'm like, I got a tripas corazón y lago. Okay. Trust one, right? Sí, trust one. What's your title? Business Development Manager. I'll just call representante de Trust One. I know. <laughs> try to translate. <laughs> try to translate all that in Espanol. How do you do that? No gracias. <laughs> How long is Market Overdrive in Espanol? This is five. Five minutes. Oh. Yeah, it's short and sweet, brother. Short and sweet. Tell me about you. Um, tell me why do you. What do you want me to tell? Yeah. Whenever you're ready. 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 All right, we're live in three, two. Hola amigos, buenas noches. Bienvenidos a otro uh, episodio, segmento de Market Overdrive en Español. Es un placer estar aquí con ustedes y compartir esta noche tan linda con ustedes. Conmigo en el estudio está la bella Georgette. Hola Georgette, ¿qué tal? Hola Carlamina, muchas gracias por tenerme en tu, en tu programa. Mucho, mucho gusto de estar aquí y compartir con ustedes. Gracias. Este momento. Me encanta que estés aquí. O sea, si ustedes no la conocen, ella es la representante de Trust One. Es una de las personas más lindas. Siempre está con su zen. Y de hecho, cuando te conocí, no pensé que hablaba español. Dije yo, ¿quién es esa muchacha? Y luego empezó a hablar español. Dije yo, ¿what? ¿De dónde eres? Bueno, soy, uh, mis padres son de Jalisco. Nací aquí, pero fui criada uh -huh. en, en México. So me siento que soy de los dos países. Muy enraizada en, en mis tradiciones mexicanas. Pero al mismo tiempo me siento muy identificada con la cultura americana. Me encanta. Y para completar este equipo fenomenal que es eh, trabajando con Sarita aquí. ¿Qué tal, Sara? Hola a todos. <ríe> Felicidades. Sara tuvo un cierre esta tarde. Oh, my God. <ríe> oh, <ríe> fin, y de hecho iba a venir muy aquí bien. Michelle, así que no ha llegado. Pero oh, ¿qué tal gosh. fue ese cierre hoy? Muy bien. Um, estamos en tráfico una hora. <risa> ya hacemos una hora en tráfico, pero llegamos. Muy bien. Uh -huh. Me encanta. Sara también tiene una paciencia inolvidable. Esa tarde, o sea, íbamos, fuimos a hacer la última. Cuando se compra una propiedad, antes del cierre, se tiene que ir a ver la propiedad por última vez para uh, asegurarse que todo está bien. Y la propiedad, o sea, se perdieron las llaves. Ay, Tuvieron que llamar a alguien para que la, le abriera. Llegaron tarde y, de hecho, se terminó a las cuatro. A las cuatro salí de Oak Park y nos venimos para acá. Y pobre Sara, todo ese tiempo estaba con la, con la compradora. <risa> Pero nosotros no, no lo pierde, pierde, pierdemos, pierdemos, perdemos, perdemos um, las llaves. 
Oh, nosotros no perdimos no, las no, llaves, no, 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 no estamos nosotros, representando sí, no. el comprador. No era mi culpa. Oh, sí, sí, sí. <risa> Pero bueno, me encanta que estén aquí. Gracias, chicas, por estar aquí compartiendo con nosotros. Este, me encantaría que tú compartieras con nosotros por qué vives en Pilsen y qué es lo que te llama la atención de esa, de esa zona, porque mucho de nuestra audiencia vive ahí o quiere comprar ahí. Muchos de los amigos que crecieron allí y ya uh, viven y, o trabajan aquí en el norte quieren regresar porque... A ver, sí. cuéntanos, ¿cuál es la historia? Bueno, yo específicamente lo que me atrajo al área es que sentí un... un gran enorme de nostalgia, uh, hay, hay mucha mucha cultura en Pilsen, aparte de que está súper cerquita de la ciudad y aún encuentras estacionamiento, eso para mí era uh -huh. como ideal, pero lo que, lo más bonito de Pilsen es que hay mucha diversidad, hay mucha diversidad cultural, hay diversidad gastronómica, eh, es, un, es el lugar donde nos identificamos, um, He, he descubierto la historia de Pilsen a través de vivir ahí los últimos años y lo bonito es que primero era checoslovaquio y ahora es muy latino y hay un enraizamiento latino muy fuerte y la gente son muy apasionados de su espacio, de su área y aparte de eso entonces hay también un poco de cultura, de artes, de, de todo ese tipo que, que a veces no ves ahorita en los... En los um, en las áreas que se están cambiando, ¿verdad? Están cambiando, se están haciendo muy, este, muy transientes. O sea, ya no, ya no hay esa cultura, ya no hay esa, esa, esa nostalgia de nuestro, de nuestras culturas, nuestras raíces. Muchas de las cosas que las personas están hablando, diciendo de, de esa zona es de que ya no se puede comprar, porque había, de hecho, había una organización sí. que estaba deteniendo que se creciera y que sí. los precios que, que crecieran tan altos, porque uh -huh. digamos, si una persona ha vivido allí, compró su casita por unos 50, 60 mil dólares y ahora esa casa se puede vender por 400, sí. porque sí que ha subido los, han subido los valores en esta zona. Um, desafortunadamente, es alguna de las, la infraestructura, la, la infraestructura, la infraestructura. Correcto. Vamos uh -huh. a hacer Spanglish aquí en Market of Sí, un poquito. Un poquito. Este, eh, todavía no ha cambiado porque muchas de las propiedades no, no han sido mantenidas porque claro. nos cayó la recesión y muchas uh -huh. de las personas no podían arreglar las propiedades. Pero, ¿qué nos cuentas de eso? De, de, de el tipo de propiedad que sí está disponible. Bueno, yo lo que he visto es que sí hay muchas propiedades. Todavía este, hay muchas propiedades que no están este, totalmente renovadas. Um, sí están es pidiendo mucho más dinero de lo que uno cree que valen porque necesitan mucho arreglo. Um, siento que a veces las predicciones de dónde, hacia dónde va el área eh, no es congruente con lo que existe en el área. Entonces, hay muchas personas o, o compañías constructoras que están yendo, están tumbando esas casas y las están vendiendo por 700, 800 mil. Yo creo que eso es un poco no realista de dónde está el mercado y las propiedades que existen ahí. So, eh, pero eso se ve en todas las áreas, es como parte del proceso del de cambio. El cambio, ahí hay personas que no, este, que no han hecho nada, pero que sí hay buenas oportunidades y hay que buscar y hay que tratar de mantener esa estructura que existe ahí, esa, esa nostalgia del, de la comunidad. Um, pero es parte, de, es parte del mercado en este momento, es, es ser mucho más, tener buenos agentes de real estate como Carla Mina y Sara para que les Yay, ayuden nosotras. y, les, y les, les den los consejos apropiados para que no sobrepaguen por algo nada más. porque Y aparte que dicen que es el, una de las 20 áreas mejores de vivir en Estados Unidos o a través de eso la gente creyó, ya podemos pedir mucho dinero por la propiedad, hay que ser realistas. Entonces yo pienso que en esos momentos es siempre tener una persona a tu lado que te 
que te realmente aconseje y te pueda decir bien cuál es la, la cantidad correcta por qué pagar eso esas propiedades. Me encanta ese coge, eh, consejo, Georgette. Amigos, si ustedes quieren vender su propiedad y sacarle lo que digo yo, el jugo a esa, a esa manzana, a esa propiedad que han cultivado por mucho tiempo y tal vez se ven en una necesidad de venderla y tener ese dinero o tal vez mudarse a otra zona, uh -huh. acuérdense que es la oportunidad para vender la propiedad es hoy, porque los precios van a bajar o va a haber un tipo de corrección. Uh -huh. Entonces, si usted ha estado pensando en, qué sé yo, refinanciar o sacarle, hacer un cash out a esa propiedad en la que se queda con la propiedad, pero le saca el dinero de la equidad que ha, sí. a, que ha ahorrado del valor de la propiedad, lo puede hacer y puede comprarse otra inversión en otra zona que tenga menos precio, de, de menos precio para que usted pueda este, aprovechar lo que es el mercado alto. Ahora, si quieres vivir en esa zona, y no puedes porque el presupuesto no es tan alto, entonces puedes ir a la, a, a, al vecino que es este Little Village. Little Village claro. sigue uno de, de esas, uh, qué sé yo, es una es una mina de oro porque se está haciendo el paseo drive, ¿no? Sí. Este, la línea rosada que es la que corre por allá, tiene muchas propiedades que todavía yo, los condominios se pueden comprar por 200, de hecho no hay mucho condominio, pero se puede comprar una casita por 350, se puede arreglar este, te, hay muchos programas donde puede hacer, sacar un préstamo para hacer una renovación uh, préstamos para poder comprar con solo 3% de enganche sí. mamá y papá, si sus hijos están alquilando, les aconsejo que no que no hagan eso, que los pongan sí. en condominio o que empiecen ellos a ahorrar dinero en forma de comprar casas. Sarita, ¿qué le estás aconsejando tú a tus amigos que están súper jóvenes y van empezando y van a comprar por primera vez? Uh, bueno, pues yo les digo que ahorita es el tiempo porque todos piensan que, ok, en, un, en unos meses o en, en un año cuando tengo más dinero, pero... sí. Es, el tiempo es ahora. Sí, hay muchos programas que les pueden as asistir para dar su, su pago de su down payment uh -huh. y hay muchos programas en la ciudad que en esas áreas este, ellos pueden calificar y pueden realmente entrar a una casa por casi nada de dinero si, y si se quedan a largo término. Y acuérdense que se puede pedir que el dueño les dé dinero para los gastos de cierre. También ustedes pueden tener un enganche bajo de 3%, uh -huh. pero como en Chicago eh, se pagan los, los impuestos atrasados, o sea, los, los, los impuestos del 2018 se van a pagar en el 2019, el día del cierre le van a otorgar un crédito para ese dinero y usted lo puede usar y ser parte de lo que es el, el, lo que va a pagar, el, lo que tiene que pagar el día del cierre por, y se deduce de, del enganche. Claro. Este, ustedes, George, con Trust One, uh, tienen muchos programas que están haciendo allá en, en Pilsen, porque se están, es, es, se están especializando en esa zona. Sí. ¿Nos puedes com, eh, compartir esa información? Bueno, le, le, la intención de la compañía de título es para, es una compañía de título que es mayormente este, dueños por hispanos y queremos ayudar a, los, a la comunidad. So, estamos dando dinero a programas y a, a, a instituciones que están ayudando a la comunidad a ser dueños de casa, a mejorar su educación, lo que sea. Ese es el, el propósito más grande. Me encanta. Muchas gracias por compartir esta noche con nosotros, Georgette. Y ya saben, si ustedes tienen una organización que está ayudando o apoyando los esfuerzos de Pilsen o Little Village, comuníquense con Georgette. Georgette, ¿dónde se puede comunicar contigo? Um, al 312-622-2097. Ese es mi celular. Me no. pueden hablar si soy muy valiente. <ríe> o si no, en Trust One Title, estamos en el loop al 180 Norte de la Sao. Ahí también pueden este, tener el equipo de nuestra oficina, ayudarles y asistirlos con mucho gusto. Muchísimas gracias. Y Sarita, gracias, ¿a ti? Georgia. ¿Dónde nos podemos comunicar contigo? Uh. <ríe> al 708-374-9655.
Amigos, muchas gracias por compartir aquí con nosotros en Market Overdrive en español. Y acuérdese que si necesita información, quiere saber cuánto vale esa propiedad o quiere que le ayudemos a comprar algo, favor de comunicarse con nosotros. Mi nombre es Carla Mina y me puede localizar en carla.marketoverdrive.com y también en mi teléfono celular, que es el 312-498-8473. Muchas gracias. Thanks, Georgia. Oh, God. Thank you. I'm like, oh, uh, okay. No, you're like, <laughs> I was like, oh, Georgia's going to get a lot of the calls. <laughs> oh, no. Like, oh, my God, Rishon, I don't know the office number. You don't know? Oh. Because I always give myself. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, there it goes. Oh, Carla. Um, oh, no. Andrea said that. Andrea said if you can get a mic. Yeah. 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 Yeah.